0: Hi, this is Dr. Qualls. We're calling this series Mental Health Moments. Please listen to the intro podcasts if you have not yet. It explains rationale for us uh, producing these uh, unprofessional uh, podcasts for your benefit. Uh, This particular podcast has to do with making the transition from work to home, which is not so easy, especially during times of increased stress and tension. As is going on now so let's talk about while you're still at work and ending the day. so the day is approaching the end the end of the shift or the time in which it is that you really need to leave work I'm going to give you a couple of tips that I think might help you make a transition from work to home first there should be one final task to close the work day so that you Close your shift or your work day intentionally. One final thing that you do, one thing that you check off the list, one email that you hit send or a memo that you write or, you know, it could be just clocking out if you're uh, on the clock. Something that represents the day is done. Now, I realize that if you are a person who is on call, a director of nursing, a physician, that uh, the workday may not fully be done, but this could still represent that the work at the facility is done. Next, create a transition ritual, meaning something that happens between work, your office, the hospital, and home. Create a transition ritual. What could that be? Here's some examples. Maybe you do a three-minute mindfulness meditation. Check out our podcast that has to do with resilience. I think it is Resilience Part 2. We do a mindfulness meditation. How about a three-minute mindfulness meditation as a transition ritual? Or maybe you drive by a park, sit for a few minutes. Maybe you keep your favorite book, one that you've always loved, just with a bookmark in it, and you read five minutes from the book. While you're still in the car, before you get home. Maybe you stop by your favorite coffee shop. I realize that could get expensive, but have something that is a transition ritual from work to home. Now let's talk about being at home. First of all, it is okay to share work struggles with your family members at an appropriate level. You know, for younger children, you have to be careful of the way in which you say things, but for your spouse, you may be able to share things appropriately. But remember, it's unlikely that your spouse works where you work or does the exact same job that you do. Maybe they do, but for most of us, that is not the case. So you want to share this appropriately, what it is that you're going through at work. But do not be frustrated if they don't understand all of the intricate details because they don't do the work that you do. It's best to find someone who does the work that you do, someone that we call maybe a work coping partner, uh, recently, I read an article when we're talking about the battle on COVID 19. They're calling them battle buddies, but somebody who you're in the struggle with, who does understand the intricacies of what you do. Now, again, still at home, you want to try to listen to other people as well. And I encourage people to listen, but don't fix. Don't try to fix. Listen to other people's struggles. Offer support, but don't compare. It's not that your stress is better than or worse than or more severe than. It is usually just different than that of your spouse or your children. So support, but don't compare stress levels. Listen, but don't try to fix unless asked to do so. And then if you are asked to do so, try not to get your feelings hurt when they don't take your advice. Again, because you don't know all the intricacies of their situation. Next, and this is one of the more important things I believe in work and home transitions, is discuss your needs. Ask for what you want. Ask for what you need at home. Maybe it's as simple as needing five minutes to just decompress, or 20 minutes after you change clothes to go on a walk or a run. But ask for what you need. Don't expect the people in your family to be mind readers. They may be really missing you while you're away. You may be working even longer hours, and they feel like they need more of you right when they see you. If you ask for what you need, it will build a better relationship and a better work-home transition. Next, I'm going to encourage you to put away your electronic devices at home. This may be very hard and impossible if you actually need them to be on call. But I want to ask you if it is at all possible to put them away while you're interacting with your family. Your spouse, your kids, whoever you're living with, it is almost impossible to focus on what another person is saying while you're doing work, staring at your computer or or looking at your cell phone. Maybe you need to do this in small stages. Maybe just practice this. When you get home, put your cell phone on a charger in a room that you're not going to be in for a while. Believe it or not, you might forget about it. You might feel your pocket or look in your purse for your cell phone or look on the nightstand or the coffee table and it's not there and realize, wow, I haven't had my cell phone for a couple of hours. This is nice. Give it a shot. Also, I'm going to ask you to in, to develop a space at home that is a non-work space, meaning that you don't do work in this particular spot. And spend some time in that spot. Just like we developed a podcast on sleep where the bed is just for sleeping, find a place in your home that is not for engaging in your occupation. Finally, a lot of people tell me that there's a lot of pressure to interact in a certain way while at home. Let me give a couple of tips that have been shown in the data to be helpful. Do not set goals that have to do with not doing something. In other words, don't set a goal that says, I'm not going to get frustrated with my partner this evening. Instead, set a goal that is measurable and actionable. We call those will goals, W-I-L-L. That's the opposite of a won't go goal, wo nt right? Will and won't goals. A will goal is measurable. It's actionable. You cannot create a new habit if you avoid an action. So won't goals do not typically work. And also, a won't goal, trying not to do something, will lead to constant self-monitoring. Am I doing it? Am I doing it? Am I frustrated? I feel like I'm getting frustrated. Am I anxious? Maybe the anxiousness is starting to come over me. Don't set won't goals. Set will goals. They're measurable. So could be, I will spend 10 minutes face-to-face, eye-to-eye with my partner this evening and just debrief for a while or set plans for things to do when this whole virus thing is over. Maybe a good actionable will goal is I will play basketball with my daughter for at least 30 minutes this afternoon. Will goals and won't goals, very powerful for home life. I hope you find this podcast helpful. There's a series of them. Listen to them all if you can. I appreciate you listening, and for now, I wish you wisdom, courage, and compassion. This is Dr. Qualls.